Hi, this is Brian of the 2022 Mega Bowl Champion Skybusters, and you are listening to the Hidden Oaks Overdose Football Fix with Josh and Gar. Thank you, Brian. It is to our Jesus Christ. It is not fucking Tuesday. It is Saturday, December 3rd, 2022, 8 a.m. sharp. And uh, it's fucking snowy and cold outside, but it is the holiday season. We are fully in it. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Hidden Oaks Overdose Football Fix podcast. I am one of your lovely hostesses, the Garlic Johnson. We are joined as always. Oh, oh, wait a minute. Oh, all right. We are we are joined by a fresh new a fresh face, but not a new face. We are joined by the Panic Man Walters. Walters, say hi to the folks out there. Hi, folks. Beautiful. You nailed it. Um, we appreciate everyone for participating in the Discord as much as you do. Um, so if you can keep doing that, I know Fantasy Playoffs will be here. We'll be hearing about your bad beats and your epic wins. And then, you know, real football playoffs will be here. So uh, we appreciate everyone for sticking with us, even when it gets kind of sloggy here right in the middle, right before the big show. Uh, we also will have these segment start times down in the description below. And I would like to thank at Levi Oki Illustration for all the beautiful art he's seeing. You know, anyone who's a real big fan of Levi obviously would pay for the art they want to receive. But um, if you want to hit him up, he's at Levi Oki Illustration on Instagram. And, uh, you know, hit him up. It's probably too late, honestly. It's probably a little too late to get in for a Christmas idea. You can always text him and reach out to him. But, um, you know, it's you know if you got an anniversary coming up, a birthday, a unique piece of art is always a beautiful gift. Or if, you know, you got a podcast you want some art for, whatever the case be at Levi Oki Illustration. He's responsible for all, all our art, and he does a really good job, but I've used him personally multiple times. Walters, how you doing today, pal? Durin'. Uh I just want to let everybody know that this is Panic Man Walters, a.k.a. Walters, a.k.a. Mr. Jalters, a.k.a. Uh, Walters all right, the Wise. All right, all right, Walters. This is not that fucking show, buddy, okay? We have been the oh, trendsetters. We, we are not the original podcast, but we have been setting the trends for quite some time. You know, we do the fave, you know, those those who should not be named anymore. Then they start doing the Mount Rushmore's, you know, years later. Then we stop doing it, and then they'll stop doing it because they're not getting enough fan interaction. You know, everyone, mm. every, everyone follows us now. You know, we weren't first, but we were best, so this this is this is not that show, okay? We don't sit here and list off eighteen nicknames. That's not what we do here. All right. Well, I I guess I'll respect the segment then. <laughs> Shout out to uh, the land, um, the land of goons specifically. Um, but Walters, sure. how how are you really doing? I'm feeling great. It's uh it's lovely to be back here on the Hood Podcast. Um, I love getting up super early in the morning and talking football right away. I absolutely love it. Um, and then after we're done with this, we're going to go play some Call of Duty. So, uh, win. Hell yeah, brother. And obviously, I don't want to... Brian will always yell at me if I don't address something very quick. So I wanted Walters to say hi first, because Walters is here. I'm not going to have Walters and sit there listening to me talk for five minutes, just sitting there awkwardly. So I wanted Walters to say hi. Um, but also, obviously, Josh is not here. Josh is a you know a pretty integral part of the grum normally. Um, we were going to pod Tuesday, but then um, we couldn't because something came up, uh, for, you know, a little family situation for the Mitchells. And um, as Josh has explained himself, Malt, you know, I feel like most of the podcasts in a row that you've heard within the last month, maybe the last two months, there's just been like, uh, you know, to use terms that I wouldn't normally use, there's probably been a big season of sickness that's really been afflicting this Mitchell household, both Josh and Nikita and Asher. Um, so I won't say I'm going to pray for them because I don't I think anyone who says I would pray for them would think I'm disingenuous. But those who've, those of you who do pray, um, you know, if you could throw your T's and P's, you know, I can throw thoughts but not prayers. Um, if you could pray for the Mitchell household, for them to finally get out of this season of sickness, they have been struggle bussing and uh, no one likes to see it, especially, you know, a little man like Asher, um, you know, and then the parents having to go through that as well. And I know, I know other people are dealing with a lot of shit. Um, you know, I got a, I got a Snapchat from one of my friends this morning that said this flu or whatever that's going around is no joke. I've been up since 4 a.m. gagging and coughing and this and that. So, um, you know, you try and take care of yourselves, you know, mask, mask yourself up if you're going out and you're sick. Otherwise, you know, try and limit it if you're trying to stay healthy, but there's a lot of sickness going around. It's that time of year, obviously, um, you know, flu shots and stuff like that can help, although they're not a cure all, but, um, you know, pr pr specifically pray for the Mitchell household because that's what makes this podcast thrive. So, um, T's and P's out to the Mitchell household to get through this sickness and stuff. Um, uh, but yeah, Josh uh, yeah, I just like to that. 
I'd just like to echo all that, you know, thoughts and prayers sent out to the uh, uh, Josh and Nikita household. I uh, hope everything's doing doing well there. So, and hope they make a quick recovery as well. Uh, Gar, how you doing? Well, I'm doing, I'm genuinely doing pretty good, Walters. I mean, I have, you know, I, you've seen me. I've been grinding COD a lot lately. I've been kind of addicted to this new DMZ mode um, because I've never been, like, I used to be a big camos guy, like, way back in MW2. I grinded the camos and stuff, um, like the original MW2, excuse me. Um, but I haven't really cared about, like, customization or visuals since then. I don't really care about the status symbols or this or that. But I've always been a really, really big achievements guy. And within this DMZ zone, there's a lot of challenges or contracts you can do. Um, and then you can rank up the tiers and they get more difficult over time. So I'm kind of addicted to that. Plus, I found a couple people. I, uh, there's obviously Carmel Bear and there's T and there's you and Josh. And then I found this other guy online that I've been able to grind out these missions with. So I've actually been enjoying myself quite a bit in this new DMZ game mode. But with that, I've been a little too addicted i've been staying up late um i've you know been probably you know staying up a little bit too late for my work days and this and that but last couple days it's like all right we got to rein this under control we've had our fun and so last couple nights i've made sure to get my you know seven and a half hours eight eight hours of sleep um so i'm feeling a lot better this morning than probably the last couple mornings just because i'm getting an adequate amount of sleep again i'm not just degenerately playing video games but i'm also single and i live alone and so i really don't answer to anyone so i can get away with that shit and my job is relatively easy especially when you can work from home so i didn't you know I, not, nothing was out for worse but i'm feeling great today because of that um and i know i made the comment you know the other people might be able to hear it I want to ask you real quick, your voice. You, I said we might get flagged as not safe for work because of your like sexy, sultry voice. Um, do you, did you roll out of bed a little bit later this morning? I know you're kind of a late, you know, a, a night owl and also an early riser. You do that combo. What, what, what brings your voice? What makes your voice so sultry today? Well, uh, I want to blame uh, Mercy Hospital for that. I had to take my wife there last week for uh, appendicitis and uh, another complication. And we were there for three days, and it is drier than dry uh, at those hospitals. And I just haven't seemed to recover. It's been weird. Like, when uh, the the person who reached out to you said that there's something nasty going around, there's something nasty going around, man. I mean, like, I feel fine, but my voice and throat in the morning, yikes. That's tough. I mean, do you, I mean, obviously Josh is, you know, a big part of our show, but you're, you've filled in a couple times now. You, Walters has been around for a long time. You need some T's and P's for the, uh, for the Walters household or how's everything looking now? You said appendicitis and whatever else earlier this week, but are we full on recovery or do you still need some T's and P's yourself, pal? You can get some too. There's no limit. I mean, the, the whole, yeah, we'll take T's and P's for sure. Uh, the Walters household could always use T's and P's, especially with me running around. It's fucking disarray in here. But um, uh, yeah, she is recovering well from her appendicitis surgery that she had. She had her appendix removed. Uh, and then, but, uh, you know, going forward, we're going to have to do, um, so, you know, we got a referral to a few other doctors. And uh, we're going to hope that we can uh, get Nicole on track to being a living a more healthy and comfortable life. So uh you know big t's and p's for uh for for that journey as well coming up because it's going to be uh it's going to be interesting uh to say the least so but thank you for uh giving me the platform to be able to uh, share with everybody what's going on in my personal life as well. Oh yeah, I mean, dude, you deserve the love too. And it's you know, it's <laughs> always the classic like people. You know, it, it's always so easy for people like why is you know why are people like this or why do they do like that or why have they been weird recently? You know, but it's you know so many people I don't think take the second to go. You're like, what is going on in their life? And, you know, sometimes it's just so simple as I've really been struggling personally, or someone I really love is struggling, and that can just explain a lot of things. So you know, and we're we're here to lift people up. You know, we are we can be negative a lot of times. We shit on people. We shit on teams this and that but we can also be a beacon of positivity and you know i'm sure i guarantee you'll get a little love after hearing this i you know i know some people that'll listen they'll reach out and be like hey man that stinks hope you're doing all right or let me know if you need anything so we're, we're a big t's and p's spread love podcast when we can i won't say we do it a lot but we try to when we can but yeah t big t's and big p's to the mitchells to the walters and to the all the other people struggling out there but 
We're already 10 minutes into the podcast. This one was already going to be longer because it's kind of a combo because um, we had to address why Josh isn't here. We had to talk about Walters, and I we didn't do the Tuesday show, so we're not going to do the full Tuesday show and the full Saturday show, but I definitely want to give credit to the people who did well in Week 12. Um, so I'm going to get into that right now, actually, here about 10 minutes into the pod. We'll just go through real quick because, again, I want to give credit where credit is due because we normally give it on Tuesday night, but we're not going to give – we um, we didn't do a Tuesday night show. So just real quickly, Josh Jacobs would have been Gar's grinder. Um, um, for the fan duel, we won't go through all the players and everything. Everyone knows by now who did well last week. But I want to give a big shout-out to Nikita, who won the Week 12 fan duel. She had 130.22 points. Lolo Loves Football had was in second with 124. And then Garbanzo Best being a.k.a. Glenn, he got 118.9. Those are the top three for the week. And then the top three, top ten scores on the leaderboard right now, we got Garbanzo Best being at 1287.18. Nikita Mitchell... Jumped all the way up to second with 1266.38. And Walters, she just squeaked you out with three points. Walters, you're in third on the top ten or on the top ten scores leaderboard. Uh, you're the your top three, 1263.46. So Nikita just squeaked you out by three points. Um, are, are you going to reclaim that second or even that first spot here with about six weeks to go, pal? We'll see. You know, last week I was feeling pretty good. Like, hey, I'm doing all right. I've been I've been having some really great weeks and last week was just a stinker. If if you don't get if you don't get a good quarterback cuz like your quarterback majority of the time is going to get kind of get you over that hump. Yeah, you need a couple of Hail Marys from uh from a few players, but like if your quarterback is not in the mid to upper 20s, good luck. And that just wasn't the case for me last week. So, but yeah, you'll get back on it. Walters, you've been, I don't want to say surprisingly, cause that makes me sound like a dick, but I think most people would be, I think most people would be surprised at how consistently you've been at the top or near the top. Like you've been in the top three pretty much this whole time. You've had a lot, you know, I think you only technically have like two wins, but you've been up there pretty much this whole time. So shout out to you for being very consistent, if nothing else. Um, but also, I know Nikita is probably, I mean, Nikita obviously is the wife of Josh, and Josh makes the podcast, so maybe Nikita feels obligated to listen. But I hope Nikita enjoys it, and since we didn't do the the, the you know the Tuesday show, Nikita, I definitely wanted to make sure we at least acknowledge you for winning um, week 12, and then also getting into second in the top three. Who knows if you stay there, but while you get the credit, where credit is due, while you deserve it. So Nikita, shout out to you for succeeding last week, and also shout out to Walters for staying in the top three, and shout out to Glenn for jumping into... I, oh, I think he was in first last week, too. But anyways, shout out to all the people who are doing well. It's not fucking me. It's not fucking Josh. So the people who are doing well deserve to do to, deserve to hear about it. All right, Walters. Uh, just real quick. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Um, I'm going to, even though I want myself to win and I'm trying to win, if I did not pick myself as the favorite to win this contest, <laughs> sure. uh, I'm definitely going Nikita. For oh, sure. Yeah, she I, I she scares me. Win. Holy shit. Yep, no, right, I, I feel it. No, you're good. I mean, I think I don't. The, the the thing with Nikita is I don't think there's anyone, at least not in the fantasy football community. I can't, you know, can't talk about her whole life because I just don't really know. But I don't think there's anyone who's ever met Nikita and be like, you know what, fuck that. You know, I don't think anyone's. I've ever met anyone that had like strong feelings negative Nikita. So big shout out to Nikita. I think she's more than deserving. She's been grinding out fantasy football. Of course, that didn't really come in her background. I've watched her. I've literally watched Nikita come up from just like being a fringe f- football person to becoming a fringe fantasy football person to becoming like Nikita I would say is I, I don't want to say elite fantasy football nine because I'm not even elite fantasy football nine but Nikita has come from someone who probably knew next to nothing to someone who was like up there with the best of them week in week out year in year out so I would say Nikita is more than deserving she's put in the time to learn and so I would love to see Nikita win as well but this is not the fluff Nikita podcast we got to keep her humble too <laughs> Nikita you haven't won nothing yet okay so you did great for one week but let's not you haven't won nothing yet. Um, too, we're sending too much love. All right. And we got to balance it out. Moving into the right. start and sit Walters. Um, uh, we got uh, we got some players here. Um, but last week, real quick, we've got we went four out of five. And we got I mean, there were a lot of close contests. So we didn't gain a lot of points out of our four out of five players that we picked. We only gained 17.4 points. But the one we lost, we picked uh, Devonte Adams over Tyreek Hill. And Devonte Adams had 0.6. So less than one fancy points less than Tyreek Hill. So all the contests were actually pretty darn close. But we picked four out of five. Almost went five for five. Overall in the year, we are 37 out of 60. Um, for, and we're at a plus 147.88 differential so more often than not josh and i when we're putting our minds together we're getting right and of course we're not going to get it right 100 percent of the time because we are not those 
elite fantasy minds. Not that, you know, anyone can get it 100% right 100% of the time, but more often than not, we are right. With that, Walters, we've got a bunch of, uh, we've got a bunch of categories here, and I just want to hear your thoughts. You are an elite mind, clearly, based on your FanDuel performance and based on your championship two years ago, right? Your champion, you got won a couple championships two years ago or won two, two in a row, something like that. Anyways. I won two championships. All right, we in get one it. year, we get it. We get, <laughs> it. we get it. We get it. All right, uh, we got some young slingers. Hold the young slingers here. They'll get right into it. We've got um, Justin Herbert at Las Vegas or Joe Burrow versus Kansas City. Couple of rivalry games, of course. Las Vegas is a divisional opponent of the Chargers, and then Kansas City and the Chiefs, or Kansas City and the Bengals. They really went in it last year in the playoffs. Walters, who do you like here? You like Herbert or you like Burrow? Jeez, I. I kind of want to go. I kind of want to go Herbert over Joe Burrow. Uh, the reason I like uh, Herbert is it seems that Keenan Allen's back on the field. Uh, he's kind of getting his mojo back. He, you know, he's been down most of the season. I would say most people have thought that Herbert has probably been a disappointment this year. But uh, I really like Herbert this week against Las Vegas. Um, Burrow is also very enticing because he has the weapons as well. And, uh, he loves to throw the ball down the field. I can't remember what the stat line is, but I think for like the last five weeks, he's had, uh, four or five weeks. He's had like 30 some plus attempts at throwing the ball downfield. So, um, you know, Burrow is very enticing as well, but I think I like, the upside of Herbert and the crappy defense that Las Vegas provides. Sure, I feel that. Yeah, I mean, to your point about Herbert, I you he's probably drafted somewhere between the QB three to the QB six range, and right now he's QB nine. So a little probably disappointing based on the draft capital that was invested in him for sure. You know, Joe Burrow's currently QB four, and you know I did, you know I never want to you know. We, I'll, I'll, sometimes a lot of people make this argument like, oh, if you take away this game, he's actually QB, or if you put make this game average, he's actually QB this or that. He is kind of propped up by two plus 30-point weeks. One of them was almost 40 points, so I mean, of course, that'll prop you up a bit. That'll put you up the rankings when you're putting up basically two fantasy performances in one, but Herbert has also disappointed. Um, I could honestly flip a coin between the two, so if you're feeling Herbert, you're the elite fantasy football mind. I'm going to let you take more of a lead than not, and so between start and starting and sitting, we are going to start Herbert, and we're going to sit Joe Burrow. Sorry about it, Burrow. Um, we'll move on here to some desperation running backs, Walters. These are guys that are going to feel very gross starting, okay? But some teams out there, some teams are desperate, so we can't just sit here and stick to the household names, the brand, the, you know, the name brands, okay? Some people are absolutely struggling. Their team has been decimated by injuries or other shit, and so sometimes you got to start these gross players that were not anywhere near your radar when you drafted um, in August. We've got Kyron Williams running back for the Los Angeles Rams playing against Seattle. Seattle at home, or we've got Zonovan, Zonovan Knight. He is a New York Jets running back, and he's playing at Minnesota. Walters, who are you feeling here and why? Uh, Garlic, why don't you start this one real quick? I would love to. Um, so obviously, Kyron Williams, he was he kind of made a splash earlier this fall um, because Adam Schefter, Adam Schefter normally can find some diamonds in the rough, and uh, he had found Alvin Kamara as a diamond in the rough historically. Kyron Williams was supposed to be one of those players, but then he, I don't remember what he did. He tore, he tore something or injured something, and he spent most of the year on IR. He came off IR week 10. He hasn't done much since then, but he's been progressively getting more involved. He only had a 27 snap percentage week 10, then he went to 55 week 11. And then he had a 70% snap percentage just last week at Kansas City. Of course, the game script without Matthew Stafford in Kansas City is going to be absolutely awful for running backs on any team. He had 11 carries for 35 yards and three receptions for 25 yards. Um, but, you know, the argument is that the game script should be a lot better for the Rams this week against Seattle. So Kyron Williams certainly has the upside there. It seems like, you know, Cam Akers is done uh, or, you know, he's not what he's supposed to be. Daryl Henderson's done. Um, you know, you got released, of course. So it's like, all right, Kyron Williams, the, the opportunity is yours to lose. But with Bryce Perkins as your quarterback, who you know, who knows what the Rams are going to do? And then Zonovan Knight, um, he's done absolutely nothing all fucking year. But then last week he got 11, almost 12 fantasy points in half point PPR. He had a 48% snap share. Of course, there's also um, what is it? J is it um, Michael Carter and James Robinson out there? But Zonovan Knight, I guess, just out of nowhere, he's like, hey, I'm going to have 14 carries for 69 yards and three receptions. For 
for 34 yards against Chicago. And then, you know, Minnesota, we're going to Minnesota. And, uh, you know, it seems like, you know, there's a this vacuum of opportunity post Brees Hall still. Michael Carter hasn't grabbed the reins. James Robinson hasn't come into town and grabbed the reins. So it seems like Zonovan Knight is, uh, could be a guy to take that as well. So it's two running backs that have done almost nothing all year. But right now, they seem like they could be starters just be based on opportunity. And so, I, you know, I, I started, I didn't pick between the two, but I guess gave you background in case you were lacking that. So I hate both of these players. Of course, um, again, I named them desperation running backs on purpose. You're not, you weren't supposed yeah. to like. Them. Um, do we know if? Let's see here. The let's see here. The running backs for New York uh, right now. It's um, one of them is hurt aren't they michael carter is officially doubtful for week 13 so that's again where the vacuum of the vacuum of opportunity comes from and that's yeah that's for the jets and i don't see anything about james robinson i don't know if he got hurt as well here i can just google it real quick Uh, all right well all right so this is where you pop uh, red brother yeah it says this just says his role is uncertain moving forward it doesn't say that he's hurt then we're gonna go zonovan just because i feel like he's gonna have more of the more of the opportunity there, even though that the the matchup versus Seattle is a better matchup. I just like the opportunity, especially when you're doing desperation running backs. It's all about targets. It's all about the attempts. Not necessarily if they're great. I mean, this is a desperation running back. Essentially, you're looking for who is going to get the most playing time and the most opportunity. So uh, I'm going to go with uh, Zonovan Knight. Uh, how do you feel about that? Um, I'm again, Walters, you are the elite mind. I'm having a terrible fantasy football year. I could have again, flipped a coin here, but I like your logic. I think the jets have been someone who have been a team all year who have been relying on, you know, not great QB play. Of course, Joe Flacco started the season fine. And then Zach Wilson came in. They won some games pretty much despite Zach Wilson. And now Mike White lit it up as well. So it seems like the jets are winning kind of despite their quarterback, whereas the Rams were heavily dependent on Matthew Stafford. And even with Matthew Stafford, they're struggling, but now in the their post Matthew Stafford era, maybe permanently, they have done absolutely nothing. They're a three and eight defending Super Bowl champ, and that's tough. So I'll take Zonovan for sure because he's on a seven and four team. They're, they obviously know what they're doing. They're scheming around their quarterback, whereas Sean McVay has not as of yet. So I'll take Zonovan. That's I'll awesome. Ride with you. Yeah, cool. We're gonna go with Zonovan. So going into our next category, then we have the meh wide receivers. So we've got Debo Samuel, wide receiver for the San Francisco 49ers, going up against Miami. And then we have the Mike Evans, who has been very, very shitty this year, versus uh, New Orleans. Uh, Gar, who do you like in—actually, who would you start in this matchup? Well, yeah, I mean, I called it the meh because these are probably guys that are drafted a little bit higher currently in PPR. Debo Samuel is um, wide receiver 23, and Mike Emuel, Mike Evans is wide receiver 20. So you might be surprised to hear that the Mike Evans is ranked higher than Debo Samuel based on your hate, at least in PPR. In standard, Debo Samuel ekes him out by two slots, 19 to 21. Uh, but Debo, he, had, he started the year pretty consistent. He was in the double digits, at least in half-point PPR here, for six weeks in a row. And then Casey, he struggled, then he missed the Rams game um, banged up then he had his bye um, and then yet once he's come back from the bye week he's had a s- two single digit games and then he had that 20 point game or the almost 20 point game against Arizona but he's just been kind of inconsistent it seems like I don't know if he is he has a lingering injury he's going into most weeks questionable so it's just like all right maybe they should just rest the guy and let him get fully healthy but he seems like I'm sure as most players want to do they want to play of course they get paid for the performance on the field but also they feel like they're letting their team down if they're not playing but maybe they're hurting their team by playing hurt all these things uh, whereas Mike Evans he has been you know he had one almost you know 25 point week he also had a zero point week against Green Bay um, you know I don't I if I had to start someone and see you know I feel like not 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 Mike Evans specifically, but the the Tampa Bay Buccaneers seem to be on the comeback. Whereas, you know, of course, the 49ers have been pretty good all year, but they haven't needed to rely on Debo. They, of course, have an amazing run game and amazing defense. If you're going to make me start or sit between the two, um, I would pick Mike Evans just because I feel like, you know, he's always on the field. He got nine targets last week. He's only had less than 
seven targets, three games this year. So there's lots of opportunity there. Um, you know, Debo certainly probably has the higher ceiling, even though he hasn't done better than Mike Evans this year in terms of ceiling. But if you're going to make me pick between the two. I'll take Mike Evans, but you clearly have some Mike Evans hate. So maybe, maybe take a moment to lobby against Mike Evans here, pal. Mike Evans is like literally the boom bust. Like if you look in the Webster dictionary for boom bust, you will see a photo of Mike Evans right there. And it's, he, you know, when he is able to string together those crazy boom games, it's easy to be able to kind of forget about those bust weeks, bust weeks. But this year, it seems like, you know, the tides have turned and it's been more bust than boom this weekend. So anybody who drafted him has just been really frustrated. And with Debo Samuel, there are so many weapons out there. And so when they brought in uh cmc you know i think his fantasy value just plummeted because uh you have um a a running back who is electric and dynamic and not only that you also have a budding wide receiver by the name them by the name of brandon ayuk and he has been uh shining for fantasy so debo has just been stuck in this in the shadow of uh of of I, I don't know, but he's he's just not getting he's just not stepping out in, in the, on the fantasy stage like he needs to be. Um, Debo is questionable with I don't know what it is this week. I can't uh, hamstring. And so um, for me right there, Mike Evans is going in healthy. And if Lattimore does not play for New Orleans, Mike Evans could have a much better day. But if Lattimore is playing, um, Mike Evans could see. Uh, uh, a real tough matchup, but I still agree with you. I think we're going to go uh, Mike Evans. All right. And then the one other thing I thought about here, just as you were talking, is that New Orleans, for the last couple of years, for whatever reason, have absolutely stomped the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, um, which is also an interesting dynamic. They have the divisional rivalries and um, the this and that. But, you know, whatever. I can, only, I can only go on facts, and we can't go on trends or who's due or who's not due. That's not how math works. But I'll take Evans with you. It seems like we were both in agreement there. Tebow, Samuel, and Mike Evans, both people who have – you know, disappointed based on their, you know, where they were drafted, but it's the way she goes. You can only get what I you have get. one thing. Go ahead. I have one thing that I wanted to add to that. When you're talking about uh, New Orleans stomping all over um, uh, the Buccaneers and it being a division game, uh, it, it reminded me of a stat that I was listening to yesterday when I was listening to the fantasy footballers. Stat, They're that. saying that currently this year, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have the fewest points per game in, the, in their division. I believe it is maybe, maybe not points per game, but total points scored, even though that they're uh, they have one less game than I believe everybody else or something like that. They've already had their buy. Uh, still, even if you took that extra game out, uh, the the Tampa Bay Buccaneers would have the fewest points uh, this season so far in that division. Take that for data. All right. That's, that's an interesting little tidbit, honestly. They're struggling the most within the NFC South, which most people would say the NFC South should be a cakewalk, but, you know, for whatever reason, they can't get it done. Um, all right, we're moving on to the top tight ends, question mark. We've got David Njoku, who is uh, he now with uh, now Deshaun Watson clad. David Njoku, we'll talk about Watson later. He's playing at Houston, so there's a lot, a lot of storylines there. Houston could be playing really hard against their former, you know, nemesis almost. Um, you know, and I'll say a lot of storylines, I'm guessing. I'm saying in the Browns Houston game. But then we also have George Kittle versus Miami. Another another one of those weapons we were just talking about on the San Francisco 49ers. So you go first this time, Walter. Did you like David Njoku, who's had maybe more of a surprising fantasy season, or at least early, and then maybe has regressed? And then George Kittle, who missed the first couple games, but then has come back and warmed up and is maybe doing George Kittle things again, or maybe not. What do you think about these two, Pan? So, right off the rip, I want to say George Kittle. Okay. Uh, Makes sense. Because He's the name. George, uh, because David Njoku is listed as out this week. Ooh, all right. Um. That makes sense. What's, so, ooh, what about Harrison Bryant then? No, I'm still going Kittle. All right. Harrison Bryant, is he the backup to Najoku then? Yep. Yeah, see, I don't I don't want to touch. Uh, generally, I don't want to touch any Cleveland players except for Nick Chubb with a 10-foot pole. But with the new quarterback coming in, and I believe they are... 
still they're playing Houston. So start your running backs against Houston, but everything else, I don't use a twenty foot pole to touch them. So that's just me. You don't think Deshaun Watson makes any sort of difference over what Jacoby Brissett has been producing all year? No, but because if you look at it as well throughout the year, statistically, uh, wide receivers and quarterbacks generally haven't done the greatest uh, against Houston because they get up, you know, two scores right away and then they just decide to run the ball the rest of the game. Like the second half of the game, most uh, games against Houston is just them pounding the rock. So start your running backs against Houston. Um, Tight ends, maybe, but, you know. Obviously, you know your your big name stars. You're going to start against them. Just don't expect to have a huge day. All right, I'll try and call an audible real quick here. Then, um, just just for me and you, because I take all these listed from a different site, and so they had Kittle versus Njoku. What about Kittle versus Hawkinson? Oh, I'd go Hawkinson most likely. Shocker. <laughs> all right, we're cool. Yeah, there you go. We're officially as a pod that we're going Kittle over any Browns tight end. Uh, all right, last okay. one here, Walters. We should probably speed up a little bit, um, but it's me who's been taking a long time. So we've got kind of the flex spot here. Players that should have been bigger, um, and maybe it's injuries, maybe it's opportunities have dwindled, maybe it's coaches are just you know yeah utilizing them the way they should because these we've all we've seen all these players boom at one point in their fantasy careers. Um, but a lot of options here for the flex. We've got Dalton Schultz versus Indy. You know the Dallas tight end. We've got the Minnesota receiver Adam Thielen versus the Jets who have had a really good defense this year but Adam Thielen kind of you know regressing a little bit just because there are so many other weapons um, around him and he doesn't need to be the Adam Thielen of years past Tyler Boyd versus Kansas City you know Jamar Chase is coming back so who knows what, what what's going to happen there and then AJ Dillon at Chicago the Green Bay running back he everyone thought I thought he was going to be a lot bigger this year um, but for whatever reason he has just not performed that whole team is disappointed but AJ Dillon also part of that disappointment as well what do you think hear about this kind of uh flex appeal there's so many names it's hard to look up stats one thing that i will mention here with adam thielen even though i don't think i want to pick him that out of all the games this year there have only been two games this season for adam thielen where he's had less than seven targets so that's that's um that's quite interesting when when you think about all the weapons that they have there or yeah the weapons that they have there uh, up here in minnesota uh last week he did get it done uh 12 points uh in a non non ppr league uh on 10 targets uh he had the touchdown and nine receptions so uh you know it, it really all depends on um what the jets defense is going to give um uh, give Minnesota, but for me, the two names that really stuck out for me were AJ Dillon or Dalton Schultz. I know Dillon has been another one of those players that have been uh, really disappointing for fantasy this year, but last week, I think him and both Aaron Jones just lit it up, and the Chicago defense uh, against running backs are um, are 27th in the league, so um, but Dalton Schultz, to me, uh, would be the one that I think I would want to go with, but like I'm not dead set on him. So if you can convince me otherwise, between you know, uh, you know, I, I should be able to be swayed. All right. Well, you're saying Dalton Schultz or AJ Dillon. I was going to say Dalton Schultz or Adam Thielen. So you know, if you want to use the Venn diagram, you and I are going to meet in the middle there. Uh, we both had Dalton Schultz in our top two, so I'll go ahead and I'll put down Schultz for the both of us. Um, I, you know, I think Dalton Schultz just has way more opportunity than AJ Dillon does. Of course, AJ Dillon did have a bigger week last week, but you know, you, you know, could argue he's quote unquote propped up by a touchdown. He only had a 43 snap percentage. He only had eight carries. He turned those eight carries into 64 yards. So that's you know, a, you know, eight yards per carry um but you know aj dylan otherwise he's only had one other double digit fantasy performance this entire year at least in you know half point ppr that i'm looking at right in front of me so i'm staying away yeah. from aj dylan um if you're giving me the choice between aj dylan and dalton schultz please give me dalton schultz instead um so he is our flex appeal for the week um, I like it. And the only reason he, I mean, obviously Dalton Schultz, I think is the best player on the list. I mean, some people could argue Adam Thielen as well, but Dalton Schultz is just, he, he, he can't remain healthy. He's missed a lot of games this year, or he's been banged up a lot of games this year so where he starts and then he can't finish. So that that's the deal. It's not that Dalton Schultz isn't maybe the best player on the list is can he consistently do it? And so that's why, you know, we can always see he's a bit of a glass cannon almost. So 
that's why he comes on the list with these other players who've disappointed. Let's move on here, Walters. Um, we've talked about it a lot of times. Thank you for participating in our start sit. Um, but we got we got to keep her trucking here. You are the elite fantasy mind that we've talked about a lot of times, at least in the fan duel. I know you didn't play last year, but you had played, I believe, the year before that. Uh, but this year you've been rocking. You've been very consistent. You've been at the top or near the top almost all year. So people, I'm not even, I'm not even going to give answers this week because Walters is the elite fantasy mind. People should listen to how well Walters is performing, whereas I've only won one week, I think, and I'm at like number ten uh, using our top ten scores. So Walters, I'm going to let you take it away. You're going to give us first your fan duel favorites and then your fan duel bus of the week but again i want to emphasize one more time if people aren't listening for some reason walters has been one of the best performers consistently all year listen to what this man has to say and with that walters who do you love and who do you hate in the fan duel pod podcast play along this this week so just to circle back real quick when we were talking about our young slingers those two quarterbacks were going to be my two picks that i wanted to look at when we were doing daily fantasy this year when we were doing the fan duel challenge so but i decided to double down on herbert at 81 hunch and i paired him with keenan allen at 7700 um for my running back i went i went value on this one jalen warren has the opportunity to be uh, the guy in Pittsburgh this week with, jeez, uh, uh, I'm having Najee. Thank you. Uh, with Najee, uh, he's 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 banged up a little bit. So, um, Jalen Warren uh, might be one. Uh, another name that I think uh, you might be able to consider uh, for around that price tag. I think it was actually 5,400. Uh, is this guy named Jordan Mason? Never wow. heard of her. That's a low price. But something maybe to keep your eye on. Um, all right. Uh, b- before you move on to any bus here, Walters, I want to go back real quick. Uh, do you, are you, so I see you, obviously you have both Justin Herbert and Keenan Allen listed here. Do you, are you someone who always stacks every single week? Do you feel like that's a part of your big performance or how do you feel about the QB wide receiver stack? Are you big, you know, as far as like a philosophy, are you a big stack person? Does it just happen to work out that way this week based on their prices? Or how do you feel about the, the QB wide receiver stack as, you know, as, as a fantasy philosophy? And is it different from, you know, Know, like redraft fantasy to you know daily fantasy most people would say that in a redraft or dynasty like stacks aren't that important uh i think you get more value out of a stack in in a dfs um and i i it's hard to answer your question because i don't know i personally love stacks i i use i use stacks in in all of my fantasy leagues, if possible, just because I love it. I mean, it's fun to have a high fly and wide receiver with a, with a high profile quarterback as well, especially if they're doing well. So for me, I just think it's, I, th- I think the opportunity for it, uh, if you can do it, it, it sh- you should always do it just because a, I think it's more fun, but uh, yeah, I mean, if you, if you get a great quarterback and you pick up his favorite target, you're you're gonna have you're gonna have fun watching fantasy football and regular football this year. So, I mean, I, I mean, I just I was just curious that there wasn't necessarily a right or wrong answer. But again, we have the elite fantasy mind here, and you're not on the show a lot, so I figured pick your brain while you're here. Um, but that is Walters on stacks, everybody. He personally loves them, not that he's endorsing them for everyone ever. But Walters says I'm a stack guy. Uh, moving on, Walters. Who do you think is gonna bust this week in the Fanduel, and why? Um, I went with Mike Evans and Derrick Henry uh, for sure. And then I also went with Deshaun Watson, uh, who I have dubbed uh, this guy right here. Oh, big stupid doo-doo. So from now on, I'm referring to Deshaun Watson as a big stupid doo-doo head. Um, and I put him as a fantasy bust of the week. Um, Mike Evans, like I stated before, uh, he has been the, uh, the, the boomer bust guy. And this year he's been the bust guy. And if, um, if the Lattimore is back on the field, he's going to be shadowing Mike Evans and Lattimore owns Evans. So, uh, I would not, uh, play him this week. And then Derek Henry, uh, he is playing the Philadelphia Eagles, and the Philadelphia Eagles have just a fantastic defense. So, um, you know, anytime I see that my players are going up against Philly, I just shake and cower in my boots. 
All right. Well, you heard it there, folks. Walters loves Jalen Warren, Justin Herbert, and Keenan Allen. I'm in the Fanduel this week, and he also hates Mike Evans, um, Derrick Henry, and Deshaun Watson, who is a big, stupid, doo-doo head. And again, Walters is uh, in the top three and has been pretty much the entire year in the Fanduel. All right. We'll move on to the last little bit here, Walters. Um, we're going to do a little bit of weekly preview, and let's just stay. We don't have to go in order here. Let's just stay on topic. You were just a second ago talking about Deshaun Watson. You don't have to tackle necessarily. I mean, you can if you want. I mean, you've got the platform here. You haven't had much of a a platform to talk about it on your own this year. So if you want to tackle the bigger picture Deshaun Watson, you can tackle whether he should or shouldn't be playing or whether he should or shouldn't have gotten a uh, bigger bigger punishment for kind of all the bullshit he's dealt through. Or you could say that's old news. Um, But if you want to tackle that, you can. Otherwise, just talk to me about football. What is Deshaun Watson going to do on the field? Um, Do you think he's going to take some games to warm up do you think this season's pretty much lost and he's just getting reps for next year how do you feel about Deshaun Watson again either off the field if you want to or at least for sure on the field how are you feeling about him coming back and especially against his old team Deshaun Watson uh for me it's 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 real disappointing that the NFL has has allowed him to be on the field but this isn't the first time that the NFL has has allowed players to come back for egregious allegations and um so uh you know this is more of a of a of an nfl issue than than just a deshaun watson issue uh in my opinion um big stupid doo-doo head um for me you know you think back if you know before before we knew about all of his uh his uh his massages that he's been getting um, and you look at his fantasy performances and he was one of the most dynamic quarterbacks out there, but that was a few years ago. You know, he's been, he's been out of, he's not been on the field for what, almost two years, maybe a little over. Um, so for me, you can only expect that there's going to be some rust. Um, so for me, I'm not expecting big, stupid doo doo head to have, um, uh, you know, the first few weeks, I don't expect him to, to, to break out, but there is in the back of my head there is me that still believes he has the physical talent to get it done we just have to see if the the game plan that cleveland puts together uh gels with uh his style of play and if his teammates around him um can just be in lockstep with him there's there's so many factors that go into it it's really hard to say but for me i would expect a slow start for uh big stupid doo doo head all right, so this year overall, it sounds like this year is obviously a wash for the Browns, even if they're only a couple games out of it. And then next year, maybe Deshaun Watson uh, can come back into form because the talent I would is there. Say, you say, yeah, I I would have to. I mean, it's it's hard. I mean, we we've seen ups and downs of players in the NFL that are just. I mean, like look at Justin um, Justin Fields this year. Everybody wrote him off, and he has just exploded over the last month and change. But uh, for you know, for me, it's just hard to predict what he's going to do based off of previous performance. I would say uh, 2023 is going to be a good year for the the Cleveland Browns, but we'll have to see. All right, um, you're you're a big Vikings fan. I think that's fair to say. We'll change gears here. Um, how do you feel about the Vikes versus the Jets matchup this week? Of course, the Jets have been, you know, I would say surprising almost everyone's expectations. I thought the Jets would be good this year. I didn't even think they'd be this good necessarily. The Jets, I believe, off the top of my head, they're coming into town seven and four. The Vikes are, of course, nine and two. Had that bad beat against Dallas, but then bounced back against the greatest coach of all time, Billy B, and more of a shootout than anyone thought that game would be because our defense is very leaky. The Jets are coming to town with kind of a, a bit of a pretty inconsistent and broken offense. Maybe Mike White is the cure to that. We will find out. Uh, but their defense with Bobby Sala has been rock solid our year, all year, excuse me. Sauce Gardner, I think he was the number three or the number four all overall pick. Sauce Gardner, you know, not all rookies come into the league right away and just dominate. Sauce Gardner is one of the rookies who has come in. And maybe, you know, it's a big part of it is system fit. So I don't know if that system was just perfect for Sauce or not. But Sauce Gardner has come in this year and just been absolutely electric so if sauce is shadowing jefferson all uh, all game that'll be something to watch but how do you feel this good vikings offense versus this good jets defense and this inconsistent Jets offense against this bad vikings defense what do you think about this game and what do you think about the hometown team on sunday well let me ask you this do you think after after last week 
um, the which I thought was a surprising performance against um, against the Patriots. Um, do you think that going into this week, uh, the Jets game, do you find it to be a bit of a trap game? Because that's kind of how I feel a little bit. I mean, I feel hard calling it a trap game when we're playing a 7-4 and four team, if that makes sense. Like, a trap game is okay. supposed to be against, like, a trap game would have been the... 5 and 0 Vikings. I believe it was the 5 and 0 Vikings with Bradford um playing the whatever the 1 and 3 or the 1 and 4 Bills and then Josh Allen comes to town and that's maybe Josh Allen's breakout game when he hurdles Anthony Barr and this and that like the Bills were very bad at that time that might have been uh, Allen's rookie year and that was the the definition of a trap game a garbage Bills team comes to Minnesota and rocks and a good if not undefeated Minnesota team so I think that's a trap game I have a really hard time calling a 7 and 4 team a draft game um, but I, under, I understand the sentiment of what you're saying and to me like you know I think we struggled so much against the Dallas game be, uh, against Dallas because of the Buffalo Bills like emotional hangover I don't think there's going to be a much as much of an emotional hangover after that New England game so I don't think it's a trap game I don't think there's going to be that same tier of emotional hangover as there was after the Bills game plus we had the mini buy right we played last Thursday so it's about you know 10 days in between the games versus the normal six or seven so to answer your original question, I don't think it's much of a trap game, but I hear what you're saying. But um, yeah, I don't. I don't think it's a trap game. If you know, to answer your question. Yeah. So the fact that we're not, uh, that we're playing technically a backup quarterback, most people would be like, that should be a win. That should be an auto win. But the the the, in my opinion, the backup quarterback is actually better than the starting quarterback. So I actually liked our chances more with Zach Wilson starting. Uh, you have this wild card in Mike White, who you don't really know what you're going to get. He's had some really, some really poopy games, and he's had some excellent games, like he did last week. So, um, I, I want to say on paper the Vikings should should win this game. They have, in my opinion, they have the better offense. Yeah, they have a leaky defense, but they've they've shown that they in a close game, especially. Um, at the end of games, they, they can, they can drive to get it done. So I, I would put, I would put my, my, my stamp on the Vikings, uh, but I would not be surprised if the New York Jets defense stifled us and the New York Jets offense, uh, just aerated all over our secondary as well. Yeah, one one thing I think would be an interesting like if if I were to, if I would have done FanDuel favorites, um, I think one person I'd really look for is Garrett Wilson. It seems like Garrett Wilson struggles with Zach Wilson at quarterback, but Garrett Wilson, uh, wide receiver for the New York Jets, he has done pretty well with either Joe Flacco or um, now Mike White on the field. So I think you know watch for Garrett Wilson to have a big game. Um, but uh, also one question I wanted to ask you, quick Walters, before we move on to the last topic here, and then we'll get out of here because um, so we're definitely ending in under an hour. Um, if the Vikings if the you know if the vikings record was a business how would you how would you describe the vikings performance this year in business terms how's the how's the business doing um for the vikings this year do you have it do you have it queued up i do i do let's hit it boom There you go. That's right. I, I, I gotta gotta hit all the spots with Walters, you know. All right. Last question here again. I know you've been a guest on the land a couple times, but our audiences aren't perfectly overlapped. Um, we've got the fantasy playoffs just on the horizon. You know, if you're in the Champs League, to Walters' chagrin, the playoffs will start next week. That's to allow for a two-week championship. Um, you know, that doesn't have to go into week 18. Otherwise, almost every other league will start their playoffs starting week 15, which means there's only two more regular fantasy um, games, or regular season fantasy games, and then week 15 starts to play us 15 16 17 what are you doing what what do you do as someone who won two leagues two years ago what are you doing right now to prep for the playoffs do you do anything different is your process the same for the regular season to the playoffs or i mean of course you know if, if you if you're already out of it in some leagues you're not prepping for the playoffs but assuming the, the brilliant fantasy mind that you are the, the playoffs are on the horizon whether it's next week or two weeks from now what are you do are you doing anything now to set yourself apart from the competition and to be ready for the playoffs what does that process look like for you well just you need to take a look at 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 your bench i mean i think one of the biggest things you can do is prepare your bench for the playoffs now what i mean by that is you're going to be looking at uh who's who's on the waiver wire and what's their what's their schedule look like during weeks 14 15 and 16 or 15 16 and 17 sorry 
Um, and, and just, you know, do they, do they have the potential to run in, or step into a starting role? Like, is their starting running back is, are they, are they injury prone? Are they, are they already on their backup running back? Um, you know, starting for the season. So uh, anything like that, I, I try and look for, and then I'll just stash them away on my bench. Otherwise, you're you're starting lineups. You're 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 playing you're playing the guys you drafted mostly, unless that you know you pick up like a Christian Watson. So it, you know, I would say go with your with your gut feeling. I mean, you can, if you sit there and waffle. Half, half the time you're going to make the wrong choice and you're going to be pissed. So try and make, you know, a gut decision and, and stick with it and just try not to overthink it. All right, there you go. Walter says, prep your bench and stick to your gut. And we've always been a big truthiness podcast. Um, so, you know, truthiness is, of course, sticking to your gut. That's where the real and the truth and the, the passion comes from. Walters, uh, as we get to the outro here, I would just like to thank you so much for joining us again for Pinch Hitting. Of course, it, it's a lot easier for you this year when you don't have your own show week to week um, and you're not stressed out trying to prep for that all the time and you using all your takes there. So I appreciate you making the time. Uh, pinch Hitting for uh, Josh, who has had, had to deal with a lot of sickness in the family, but then I think he's also in Nebraska or something this you know this, this week. So appreciate you stepping in. Um, is there anything else you'd like to say to the folks out there? Anything you'd like to pitch? I know we've got some sort of doggy daycare business in the family um is there anything else that really speaks to your heart anything else you'd like the fans to know about you or the fans to know about that they should be passionate about it could be a charity could be something in the world anything else you'd like to say to the the hood pod family um the hidden ochres as bradley would call them before we get out of here any 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 kindness or love you want to spread yeah um you know i just during this holiday season it's it's really really important to remember uh what's important to you and to us and and for that i have i have two words to end on that will sum this up uh perfectly no packas <laughs> beautiful all right thank you everyone for listening thank you Walter, for showing up and um well the packers might win this week because what was that al's data was um the packers were what what is it here in the chat maybe i can just scroll up and find it real quick uh, oh my god um all right just to update packers are four and seven when josh says go packers to end the pod which he's not saying this week so maybe the packers get a win because josh isn't here anyways thank you again walters and uh no packers we cheered for them for one week and they let us down classic so we'll get out of here thank you everyone for listening and uh bye 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 you think josh would be proud uh, I don't know if Josh has the ability to be proud, honestly. And that's no hate on Josh, but Josh Josh is always just someone who plays it cool, you know? Like, he... Oh, he yeah, he'll never tip he his hand. to show that outward emotion, I think. Yeah. Uh, but, I, you know, for what's worth, I think he did well. Of course, we almost did double the time we did last time, and I didn't really give you any notes to prep. I, I just told you we were talking about football, so I'm proud, Walters. I think he did good. Dude, this is... This is probably the way to go. I mean, you're just able to spitball and just go off the cuff and really let the truthiness just flow. I mean, yeah, and what I I used to do your show and I've done, uh, you know, I've seen your note sheets. Your note sheets were like six pages long, dude. That's, They're meticulous, that's dude. That's not the way to go, I don't think. But I'm a stats guy. I love numbers, dude. Ours numbers is, give me rock. Ours hard. is what, half a page here and half that page is a fucking table, yeah. dude? <laughs> it's right, I'm so gonna stop easy. recording now, but thanks for listening, everybody. Love you, bye.